Hello, vegans. I'm pouring out some carny tears. Gotta pour out these carny tears for me. Yeah. Delicious. Is it so hard not to abuse animals? It's so hard to not abuse animals. Tears here. Oh, my beautiful vegans. My beautiful vegans. How did you? Why are you so beautiful? Why are you so beautiful, my beautiful vegans? You know, I'm having a, a, a grand old time this morning, you know? Grand old time. I was thinking. I, I, David C. Arena sent me this thing saying, like, if you are going vegan because you're afraid of the pandemic, then maybe uh, you need to reinspect your ethics. And I'm like, yeah, no shit. Uh, I think it's super. I, I, but I do like to think, like, okay, if you're gonna stop hurting animals in order to, you know, if to, in order to save yourself, do it for selfish reasons, right? Like, there are selfish reasons to not hurt animals. Let's not ignore them, right? I mean, if you're a selfish bastard, and I think a lot of people are, all right, well, go go plant-based anyway. You know what I'm saying? Go plant-based anyway because it's it's bad for every, it's bad for yourself. You're going to get cancer. You're going to get the colon cancer. You're going to start having erectile dysfunction, all of these things. Like, like game changers, I think, is made for self-obsessed people who want to, you know, do better in sports and stuff and have, you know, not have their penises stop working. So I think there's selfish reasons to not hurt animals. And there's something to be said about self-preservation, right? Now, I, again, these selfish jerks, I don't want them to, I don't want them to be my friends. I'm not necessarily saying they should be the, 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 the front runners of the vegan movement. They're not the ones that I want to be hanging around with. You know what I'm saying? But on 9-11, I think that there was, there were a few lessons to learn on 9-11 and we're coming up. We're coming up on 9-11, right? It's coming up. It's a few more weeks. We'll be uh, at the anniversary of that fateful day in 2001 when what we should have learned is that what affects the poorest most vulnerable people on planet Earth directly affects the richest, most powerful people on planet Earth. That we are not each individual an island. No man is an island, said John Donne. As for me, a clod of... What's that? How's that poem go? The clod of England. Uh, that's John Donne, right? I think that's John Donne. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? The John Donne. No man is an island. You ever heard of it? You've heard of that poem? It's a short one. You should know about it. No man is an island. 
Nomad is an island entire of itself. Every man is a piece of the continent, a part of the main. If a clod be washed away by the sea, Europe is the less, as well as if a promontory were as well as any manner of thy friends or of thine own were. Any man's death diminishes me, because I am involved in mankind, and therefore never send to know for whom the bell tolls. It tolls for thee. The bo the bell tolls for thee. You'd think you'd think people would understand this. The bell ask not for said not to know for whom the bell tolls for it tolls for thee. That's what 9-11 should have taught us. That's what the pandemic should tell us. When we harm animals that are vulnerable, it directly affects the animals who seem to be the most powerful. Here we are, a human being. Behold the human being. Nothing can harm us. We are we're far above the, sky, the clouds. We're, we're so much better than all of the other animals. And yet... When something happens to the most vulnerable animals on planet Earth, it directly affects us. And we should understand that. That was the lesson. Every time some of these huge things happen where we're like, what the heck? When we get smacked in the face like the Pando, we should understand that this is the lesson. What other lesson was there to learn? Like, can you think of any other lesson there was to learn from that mess? Or from, or from September 11th? Is there any other lesson to learn? <sighs> no man is an island. Said not to know for whom the bell tolls, for it tolls for thee. Ah, thank you. I look cutie. Thank you so much. As long as no animals are being hurt, let the selfish be selfish. That's what I'm saying, Jackie Boyle. If someone wants to be a selfish bastard and go and stop hurting animals... So be it. That is a lesson that everyone should know. That if you hurt animals, we get hurt. Humanity is hurt. It's funny because John Dunn says, every man that dies, that any man's death diminishes me because I am involved in mankind. Anyone's death, if it were written today by yours truly, I would say anyone's death diminishes me because... I am involved in earth, earth kind. <laughs> Anyone's death diminishes me because I am involved in earth. I don't need to wait to think, oh, I wonder, I wonder, I wonder what will happen in 25 years when we've killed all the animals. I'm involved in earth. Stop killing the animals. I'm involved. Why are you telling everybody else what to do? Because I'm involved in earth kind. I am involved. And I don't want you to kill animals. If you want to do it because you're self stop doing it because you're selfish, go for it. You're just going to piss off David Arenas. I love David Arenas. If he's watching, shout out David Arenas. But he's right. You know, you need to re-expect your ethics if that's the only reason you're not going to kill animals. But still, if you want... If you want, you can uh, you could you could quit killing animals just because you're uh, you're a selfish piece of shit. Anonymous, no, a little village that takes care of them. Yeah, uh, uh, serious question: silken or firm tofu? Vegan, knave. Oh, coming out depends what you're using it for, baby. You gotta if you're making a tofu scramble, I say go with silken. If you're making uh, veganaise, if you're making your own your own homemade veganaise, 
silken. If you're going to cook it up and use it as a protein in a, in a dish, firm. There you go. Answer, answer. You ask, I answer. That's how this works at the pre-shift. It doesn't have to be a one-way street. It should be a two-way street. They have a Japanese cat sanctuary. It's on, it's on YouTube. Oh, very cool. Doesn't work in a tower. What doesn't work in a tower? I would love living a sustainable life on an island with about 10 cats, maybe 14. <laughs> but then what would happen to all the little animals if you have all those cats? All the little all the little voles. What would happen to the, all the voles <laughs> with all those cats? Let's do a uh let's do the the uh the affirmation. It's time for an affirmation, everybody. My name is Sky Jack Morgan, and this is the daily affirmation for vegans only. If you're not vegan, get the heck out of here. I don't want you around. If you're not vegan, you're no friend of mine because I am in I'm involved in earth kind. If you're not vegan, you're not my friend because I'm involved in earth kind. If you don't care about the other inhabitants of earth, you're a jerk and I don't want nothing to do with you. I allow faith to lead me to happiness. Oof, I don't know about that. Faith? The only faith I have. Well, you know, I do have faith in humankind because I do think that they might pull it off. Human beings, they might, they might get their heads out of their asses just long enough to see that everyone has rights and maybe need to, we need to stop abusing each other and stop, um, you know, abridging others' rights. So my faith in humanity is still quite strong, believe it or not. I allow faith to lead me to happiness, even though things haven't always been easy for me. Oh God, life for me ain't been no crystal stare, let me tell you. I choose to cultivate an unshakable sense of optimism from today forward. Oh, I like that. It's important to keep an optimistic outlook if you think about it because you can't really have hope without optimism. You know, you got to start thinking, man, maybe we'll do it. You know, I, I know that's hard in vegan circles because we all think the planet's going to end. <laughs> like the, it's melting, right? I mean, the planet's melting. Sometimes I think we're not going to make it. We're not going to make it. Sometimes I think we will make it. And that's my optimism talking. You know, is my optimism showing? I'm, I'm like Optimus Prime over here. I'm so optimistic. I want to know what it's like to never question my path and look forward to my future. God damn, I wish that's true. I want to know what it's like to never question my path and look forward to my future. You know, sometimes I really envy religious people. They're just like, yep, God's at the wheel. Got nothing to do with this. I'm just keep going. God, man, I wish I could live like that. I do want to know what that's like. I'm ready to deepen my faith. Am I ready to deepen my faith in humanity? Are you ready to deepen your faith in humanity? That's a good affirmation because I'm not really sure about that all the time. I'm not. I'd like to say I have faith in my fellow humans and that's why I keep talking to them and start and keep doing shows like this and keep talking about veganism and hoping hoping that if, if we just get enough, we might pull this this whole save the planet thing off and we might pull this whole change the world thing off where we start looking at each other as earthlings, earth kind. Yeah. Anyway, that's a pretty good affirmation. It's got me thinking. I hope it's got you thinking too. My name is Skyjack Morgan. That's your daily affirmation for vegans only. Don't forget to like and subscribe. What's mo fucking popping, y'all? Carnies are selfish assholes, says Laura Griffith, baby. I miss <gasps> what? Burp, 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 burp. Super fast, low cal, satan recipe for vegan gains. 
Well, I'll tell you what. This is how I do it. I take about a cup, cup and a half. I start like that. Maybe two cups of vital wheat gluten. Then maybe a tablespoon of paprika, a half, half a tablespoon of chili powder, uh, some garlic powder, some onion powder, pepper, salt. I mix it up with a little bit of water. I just add water. I just add water. I eyeball this stuff. I just add water until it's nice and nice and firm. I put that in the mixer. I let the bread hook just knead the heck out of it. People say don't over knead it. I say knead the shit out of it. The more fibrous the 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 seitan gets, the more meaty it feels when you when you pop it in your mouth hole. Um, it's super easy. I I don't know. I I often put some uh, some some time. Time seems to be a nice little secret ingredient when it comes to seitan because people who um, who work in restaurants often season their animal flesh with thyme. And so it does kind of, thyme sort of triggers a meatiness in your mind. So that works. Soy sauce, a little soy sauce will work, but then you gotta pull back on the salt. I don't always use soy sauce, but it's a good good thing to use. All right, I, I need the shit out of it. Then I take it, I stick it in parchment. I pull it out like, like, like long stringy things. I pull it out, wrap it in parchment. I wrap that in aluminum foil. I twist the ends. I'll usually bake it, but I also love steaming it. So that's up to you. I what I or you could meet me in the middle. What I do oftentimes these days, I'll put like a half of inch of water in the bottom of a uh, of a Dutch oven. And then I just throw that bad boy in. I throw the seitan in there. Maybe sometimes five or six of these logs depending on how much I've made. I throw that in there, put the lid on, put it in the oven. I'm talking 400 degrees for like an hour. Put it in there for a long time because it's going to sit there. It's going to cook. I want to really cook the shit out of it. I also like it with a nice crust on the end. Then I open it up, Dutch oven style. Usually all that water has been evaporated. If it's not, that's okay. Put it back in the oven 10, 15 minutes at 400, 450, something like that. You'll know it's ready when you hit the, when you, when you touch the seitan and it's super firm. <clears throat> that's how you know it's ready. If you open it up and cut it and it's still not done, no worries, man. Fry that shit up. You're all right. Ain't no thing. There you go. <laughs> That's my seitan recipe. Thank you. See what you get when you do a super chat? You get an undivided attention. You get a real seitan answer. What the hell is a kilometer? <laughs> flesh flavored by plants? Yeah, what do you know, Laura Griffiths? All flesh flavored by plants. It's funny because I used to, when I worked in restaurants, I'd be like, look, your animal flesh does not taste like anything. Salt, pepper, thyme, all the time, and oil. You need to put it, vegan butter was what you need to fry it in too. Olive oil, something like that. Sage works great too, says Vegan Stallion. You're absolutely right. If I don't have time, I will often use sage. I'll use sage, I use sage a lot actually. Sage is a bit earthier, so you get this like, base note with almost any dish when you throw sage in there. It's like it's very earthy flavor. So I do I do use sage. Sometimes I put sage in guacamole just to just because I'm feeling saucy, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. When I eat good seitan fast, I always make this one. Oh nice. You got a link there, buddy? My ADHD brand lost this. Gotta have it with the silver spoon. Well, you, I don't actually use a recipe. I just do it 
like on the fly. If I make vegan chicken, like with seitan, it's a little bit different. I make nuggets with it, but um, different. Chicken flavor is often vegan. Totally is. Often pork flavor is also vegan because it's all just it's all just plants. It's all just plants. I saw Ovaltine has uh, on the front of its jar that you can use it with milk or plant-based dairy. What? Ovaltine? Ovaltine coming up to the wind. I'm going to get my uh, my little orphan Annie decoder ring, and she's going to tell me to drink more Ovaltine. Oh, that's a deep cut from a Christmas movie that you probably have seen. Little orphan Annie, drink more Ovaltine. Have you guys heard that there's a... Real flavors are always vegan. It's true. You're absolutely right, Gorick. Just like carny tears. Mm. The carny tears, they give them with consent, so it's perfectly acceptable. Don't forget to like the video, everybody. If you'd like, um, I'm, I'm, I've been having lackluster performance when it comes to these videos, and I need more likes, guys. I need more likes so that the algorithm stops being so lackluster. Lackluster is the vegan word of the day. Can you use lackluster in a sentence? <gasps> I just did. Lackluster, I think, is a great word for veganism because we have so many lackluster comments from carnies. Lackluster carnies. I'm going to start saying you lackluster nudnik carnies. I'm going to say it from now on because I'm sick of just calling carnies ignorant fools. I need to call them lackluster nudniks. I think that's the new thing I'm going to call them because I think the I think the algorithm might help me better too. I don't think I don't think YouTube likes it when I call people ignorant fools. What do you think lackluster describes something lacking in sheen brilliance or vitality in other words something dull or mediocre uh, i'm eating a hamburger right now i get that a lot on my videos i get a lot of like i'm eating kfc right now Duh. hit that like button you lazy sloth <laughs> Is that a sloth? I think that's a sloth. Thank you, Bazao. Double likes is the vegan name. Feed the algo. Feed the alligator. The algogator. The algogator. I don't know. I just made that up. I don't know if that'll work. Is that going to catch on? It'll be like fetch. Is that catching on? Fetch is never going to happen. After a summer of lackluster sales, business is booming at the coffee shop now that students are returning. Mmm. That is some decent coffee. Guys, you know what? I've got a special thing that's happening today I want to tell you about after we're done with this word of the day. La ask me, I'll tell you. Lackluster and con layers of texture and pattern can keep a black and white bedroom from feeling lackluster. Black and white bedroom? Who has a black and white bedroom? Oh, that sounds pretty cool, actually, a black and white. It's all like it's all like uh, Tim Burton in there. It's all like Beetlejuice, Tim Burton, black and white bedrooms, lackluster. Is it lackluster? Okay, I, I want to know the word of the day, uh, did you know, it's my favorite part. May describe things that are dull, but the word itself is no yawn. In its earliest uses in this early 17th century, lackluster, also spelled lacklustre. Uh, <laughs> is this how you spell it in England? Lacklustre? Do you guys spell it like this in, in jolly old England? Lacklustre? Why do the, the English, it's so funny, like ye oldie shoppy. You guys always put all these extra letters all over everything in English. I don't know why. Well, America, we just cut them out. Just cut all that shit. We ain't got time for that shit in America. Usually described eyes that were dull or lacking in brightness, as in a lackluster stare. That's perfect for carnies because they are lacking brightness because they're just full of meat fog. They've eaten dead animals, and now they look like zombie eyes. Lackluster stare. It came to describe things 
the, whose sheen had been removed, Charles Dickens in his 1844 novel, A Martin Chuzzlewit. God, it, it, he really brings out the Dickensian uh, narrative, doesn't he, that Dickens? I'm going to beat the Dickens out of you. Writes of the faded image of the dragon on the side outside of sign outside a village alehouse many a wintry storm of rain snow sleet and hail had changed his color from a gaudy blue to a faint lackluster shade of gray these days lackluster is broadly used to describe anything blah from a spiritless sensation or a humdrum hump day lackluster it kind of is like it's kind of like victorian england's uh meh you know, like if you if you're if you're a millennial, you probably know M E H meh. It's just kind of meh. I'm feeling sort of blah. I'm feeling a little lackluster. That's how I would say it because I speak uh, the English. I like English. It's a wonderful language if you can put it over your knee and break it. It's brilliant. The British spelling from Old French. Uh, dates back to Norman invasion, vegan knave. Vegan knave coming up with the facts over here. Yeah, that whole that whole Norman thing that happened in, uh, what, 1066 with the Battle of Hastings or some shit? Is that what happened? Is that what you're talking about with the Normans? I never liked normies. I never could fit in with them. I speak fluent Gen Z. Well, you can learn lackluster. Maybe we can bring it back. Gen Z's a great Gen Z is going to bring it all back. Don't you realize that Gen Z's got to save the planet for us? We got to save it, baby. Yeah. Got to jump on my bike. See you later, lovely vegans. Gorick, you can ride my bike. Here we go. Like to ride my bicycle. Carnies be dead behind the eyes. You're absolutely right. American spelling of superior to English, not so many wasted letters. I like to think so. I mean, it's just more modern. I think it's just more modern. I, that's how I would put it. I love. I love when I lived in England. I, I learned so much about the British, uh, the the English language. When I lived in jolly old England, hanging out with English people, you learn a little bit about a language, but. Uh, they use it so differently than we do, you know, which I think is brilliant. I think that's brilliant. Gen Z is brain dead. Well, then we are fucked. I guess we're all going to be uh, <laughs> swimming. We're all going to be swimming to work soon as the ice caps melt. If Gen Z can't figure this out, nobody can. Hopefully Gen Z will figure it out. I'm hoping that Gen Z loves the environment. Somebody like uh, Greta Thunberg is going to sort it all out for us. It's gonna. We're all going to make it. We're all going to make it, guys. Have optimism. Didn't you remember? Were you here for the uh, for the affirmation? Come on. And then the many ways are wrong. How <laughs> wrong these days? Yeah, I mean, Americans do pronounce things funny depending on where they're from. Do you think I pronounce things funny, veganish? To trigger for me. I taught both versions in Tokyo. I taught both versions in Germany. I taught English in Germany. You taught you taught English in in Tokyo. That's awesome. I taught English in Kanazawa, uh, Japan, and I had my best friend was English, and we taught together. And we taught Shakespeare, which is funny because I knew way more about Shakespeare than he did, but he was English. <laughs> so I I don't know what that means, but. Yeah, that was a whole thing. 16 years? I only did one year in Japan. That's awesome. I'm sure everything will be fine. Vegan Stallion comes back with the optimism. Thank you, Vegan Stallion. Optimus Prime. So far, so good, Sky. Well, thank you. 
don't don't let me trigger you when it comes to pronunciation. It's never been my fort. Vegan for ten years, Braza, Luca Braza, Luca Braza sleeps with the fishes, but he doesn't eat them. Braza, oh, I'm I'm happy for you. Ten years, a good long time, my friend. Ten years, then you could stay. I love vegans. I don't know if you've told you this yet, but I only want to make stuff for vegans. Thank you for helping my dream come true by liking this video, subscribing, or becoming a member, or dropping a super chat. Paul McCartney changed a lyric for his song, Lovely Rita. Lovely Rita, meter maid, because she was a meter maid. But England called their child Traffic Warden. <laughs> well, he did spend a lot of time in America. I'm sure Paul McCartney was on both sides of the pond fairly frequently. You know, he's Paul friggin' McCartney. He's more popular than Jesus. So, I mean, he's, he's Paul McCartney. He can say whatever he wants. Lovely Rita... Meter maid, can I inquire discreetly? When are you free to take some tea with me? Carney tears. Mark Saunders, how is it? How is it in Tucson, Arizona? Still hot as shit. Tokyo ten, ten in New Zealand. Man, I've never been. I've never been down under. I've always wanted to go someday. I want to visit. I want to visit uh, vegan kindness down in down in the Aussie land. I think that'd be rad. I have to admit, English people have a point when they point out Americans call a driveway they don't drive on and a parkway they don't park on, etc. A parkway is, oh God, parkway has nothing to do with parking a car, first of all. A driveway is a weird thing, but it's supposed to be a driveway into you into your garage. You drive into the, it's like a, it's like a walkway into a house this is a driveway into the house it's so funny people can't think abstractly they're like americans don't know their words yeah you park on a driveway and you drive on a parkway but you're not supposed to drive you're not supposed to park in your driveway just most people do because they're lazy because they're lazy they don't want to open the garage or they got so much shit in the garage they don't they don't want to go and put their car in there that's why that's why it's called a driveway all right going now to get my silken tofu <laughs> Vegan Nave, thank you. It's seventy six degrees. You guys got that? You guys got Hurricane Hillary? We got Hurricane Hillary. Thank you, people on. Uh, thank you, people on Facebook who are liking the video. I appreciate that. New Zealand, Australia, same thing. Yeah, not really, but I mean, yeah, kind of. They're down under, right? I think they're both down under. They're the same continent. I mean, if you said. If you were living in Australia and you were like, Canada, America, same thing, I'd be like, yeah, kind of. Yeah, you're kind of right. Yeah. Lackluster. That's the word of the day. Thank you for playing. I'm glad everyone's here and having a great time. You know, um, I really wanted to look at this thing. Um, yeah, screw it. Uh, let's go into the word of the, 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 the today in history because I think it's fascinating what happened today in history. So many interesting things happened. You know, I think so. Gary Francione has five dogs. I know, and it pisses me off. He always says, oh, the refugees. It's like, well, isn't that convenient, Gary Francione? Oh, they have refugee status at my house. Very convenient. Meanwhile, you're popularizing the idea of owning animals. He 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 constantly talks about how much he loves his, his puppies. 
Um, but Gary Francione is just another guy. He's just another dude, you know? Canada is better than America every time, says Veganish. Uh, that's just like your opinion, man. I I don't know. I like Canada. Canada's great. I like I like Canadians. You know, I don't really I don't really like America or Canada. People always ask me, do you like America? Because I've lived in other countries. And they're like, Do you like living in America? And I'm like, Well, I like Americans. I, I like American people. I like Canadian people. I don't really care like where I live as long as the people are pretty cool. You know what I'm saying? I think that that and, and there and every and every group of people does have its have its charm, have their charms, you know what I mean? So yeah, Canadians are great. Friendly, they're funny, they're a little weird. I like them. I like Californians. They're pretty cool. Nobody uses garage anymore to park their cars as most cars are too big it's like the storage room of most houses exactly the real thing which is why it's called a driveway but people don't use them as driveways anymore they use them as parking parking spots because parking is uh rare it's hard to park around your house usually okay about one minute paul campbell thank you for being here laughing my ass off canadians laugh at americans like sky laughs at english people <laughs> do they do they we laugh at canadians a lot i mean we have jim carrey john candy dan Aykroyd, tom green ryan reynolds like they're all ryan gosling they're all they're all they're all canadians we we love canadians americans love canadians about 90 percent of Canadians live within 100 miles of our border, so that should tell you something. We're very closely related. Almost all, almost all the Canadians live right along the border of America, so that should be a bit telling. Do vegans have rights in Canada? I don't think so. Canada, if for no other reason that they have universal health care. Well, vegans telling you're right about that. That is pretty cool. You're right, but you know what? I think California is pretty cool, Vegan Stallion, don't you? Don't you like California anymore? We should be called comedians. The Celtic Tomatoes should be called... <laughs> yeah, they should be... The Canadians should, Canadians should be called comedians. Yeah, We're, we love we love Canadian comedians. We love them. I don't know why. I think it's because they're wacky. Have you seen Kids in the Hall? It's hilarious. Or have you seen uh, The State? They're, they're fantastic. Can, Canadians are hilarious. There you go. Peter North, Eugene Levy. Better not laugh at Scottish people. I love Scottish people. I love you. I'll always have. I want to marry you. <laughs> you can take away my life, but you can't take away my freedom. <laughs> I love uh, Robert Burns, though. Um, he's a good Scotsman. I love Bernard. Sh Is Bernard Shaw Scottish or Irish? Don't matter none. I think he's Irish. But uh, but Robbie Burns, Robert Burns, one of my favorite poets, Scottish. I heard Ryan Gosling insisted his fur coat and Barbie was faux. Covert vegan says Vogon poetry. Uh, you know what? This has been a bit a bit of a uh, a bit of a whole thing lately because there have been reports that Ryan Gosling is vegan, but there's been conflicting reports saying nope, that's total bullshit. He eats animals all the time, but he is against the fur trade. 
I just think that he's one of those guys that like goes, I love animals and I love animal rights, but I eat animals. I think that's I think that's Ryan Gosling's vibe. Yeah, he didn't want to wear fur. Uh, that's true, and he demands a lot of times that his uh, props are not made of skin or fur or fur or leather. So I think Ryan Gosling is a bit of a a conundrum, but I think he's just one of those liars who, uh, you know, like one of those vegan, those fake vegans. Or tell that Norm is Canadian too. Norm? Norm McDonald was Canadian? I like Norm. Gosling was never publicly confirmed whether he eats a plant-based diet, follows a vegan lifestyle. It is thought that he is completely omitable. Yep. There you go. I don't know how you went into the future. October 8th, 2023. October 8th, 2023. I'm just joking, of course. I know that in other countries they do their their things differently. Okay, so um, today in history, let's get some historical context going. I think it's really awesome to have historical content. Henry Tudor's forces defeat English King Richard III during last battle of the War of the Roses. Richard has killed the last English monarch to die in battle. They say that this marked the end of the Middle Ages of England because he was the last king to die in battle, the last one to go out there and be on the battlefield and die. My horse, my horse, a kingdom for my horse. And they tore him asunder. People say this is why they, they made up the thing about Humpty Dumpty, that they couldn't, the, all the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't put him back together again because they basically tied horses to his arms and his legs and his head and they split him asunder. They tore him asunder and spread his body around because English people, I don't know, they put extra letters in their words and they ripped kings apart. I don't know what they're doing, man. But Richard III, it was a bummer. Um... <laughs> Poor Richard. Poor Richard's almanac. English Civil War begins Royalists and Parliament, 1642. Yeah, they tried this. The English Civil War, they tried to get rid of their of the of the monarchy. It didn't work. So now they still got the monarchy. It's so stupid. Why do they still have the monarchy? I don't understand it. I, I mean, the monarchy is it's such a bad idea. Like God says these people are rich. And these people are poor. That's some bullshit. Get rid of the monarchy, England, then we'll take you seriously. First Geneva Convention adopted in Geneva for the amelioration of the condition of the wounded and armies in the field. Signed by 12 nations, the Geneva Convention. What do you think about that? Did any Has anyone ever followed the Geneva Convention? Like, no, I don't think anyone's ever followed the Geneva. We, we always talk about the Geneva Convention, and then and then people get tried for war crimes. I guess that makes it help auto date <laughs> i was just joking about the auto date thing man i know i know i know all right vietnam conflict begins in 1945 as ho chi minh leads a successful coup yeah uh ho chi minh says want to get rid of those frenchies they don't want the french they don't want the french in, in vietnam he's like get out of here french ho chi minh did it work out? What do you think? Did it work out for them? They got rid of the French, and then the Americans had to get involved. God damn it. Never works out, does it? Who's That Girl by Madonna went to number one today in history. I used to like Madonna. I used to think Madonna was vegan, and then I kept on seeing pictures of her wearing animal fur. Madonna's not vegan. She pisses me off, Madonna. 
just makes me angry. She all people always call her vegan. She has an extremely restrictive diet. That's all. Madonna is not vegan. Yeah. Sky making fun of Arute. I'm clearly a bad influence on him. <laughs> I'm not making fun. I just enjoy. I just I'm having a good time. That's all. You know. You know. Okay, so we got all these guys. Amir, Aimé Bonblanc, Claude Debussy. This is our favorite, our famous birthdays today. I think this is pretty rad. Okay, so this guy, Deng Xiaoping, if you don't know who he is, he was a big deal. He was like um, Mao Zedong was a real communist, and Deng Xiaoping was, uh, well, less so. He wanted he wanted China to be an economic superpower, and he knew that he couldn't do that with just doing his uh, constant revolution idea. Most most real communists want this idea of perpetual revolution. It's like a it's like a bastardization of Marxism. Trotsky enjoyed the idea. Lenin thought that the idea was great. Um, people like Castro did it. But usually, what happens is when you do that, you get cults of personality because you have to have this generalissimo who's in charge. And so, communism never ends up working because of the constant revolution bullshit. So. Deng Xiaoping says, well, we're going to get rid of that shit. And by the way, we're all going to still pray to Mao for some reason, but we're going to turn China into an economic powerhouse. And so he changed the world. He, he kind of um, turned China into what it is today. Everyone knows Mao Zedong. Most people don't know Deng Xiaoping. Yeah. Look at all this stuff. Uh, Deng maintained a firm grip on political power. And a hardline stance on political dissent, which was evident during the Tiananmen Square protests. If you don't know about Tiananmen Square protests in 1989, they killed hundreds of students who wanted free speech and stuff like that. So, god damn it. It's really rough. Uh, Lenny Riefenstahl and Norman Schwarzkopf. Uh, if you don't know who he is, he is the uh, four-star general, or I think he was a four-star general, but he was in Desert Storm. And he was like the one of the monsters of the 20th century in the first unjust war we had in the Middle East. Uh, in my memory, anyway, I think it's the first one America really did was in um, the first Iraq war, which was to liberate the people of Kuwait. I say that while rolling my eyes for everyone listening to the podcast. Anyway, it's happy birthday, General Schwarzkopf. You died in 2012 and no one misses you. Uh, but Cloud Debussy, I think, is pretty interesting. He has this famous um, he has this famous thing. You probably have heard it before. He made this. Claire de Lune. Have you ever heard it before? Have you heard this? Have you ever heard of Claude Debussy? This is his famous piano from Claire de Lune. You hear it in movies all the time. I think it was in uh, Ocean's Eleven and stuff. so beautiful right anyway i probably got demonetized for playing it but i hope that you enjoyed it uh claude debussy he was a famous um composer it's his birthday today 
his he was seen as a reaction against the Richard Wagner and the German musical tradition. His own unique style drew a variety of influence, including Russian and Far Eastern music. It's really cool because like all classical music up until that point sounded very different. And Claude Debussy is kind of considered almost like the first modern composer in so many ways. Richard Wagner was always like Rheingold and like all this like super big, you know, you know, Richard Wagner was so intense and big, just too big. And uh, then you have this sparse French beauty of Claude Debussy. And so maybe maybe you like maybe maybe you don't care about classical music, but I am a fan. Of course I am. Why wouldn't I be? Everyone should be a fan of Claude Debussy. He died at fifty-five of colon cancer. He shouldn't have eaten all those animals, Claude Debussy. Maybe we've gotten more out of you. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Dorothy Parker was a famous poet. Um, she was pretty awesome. Collection of poems, poems, enough rope, sunset gin, and uh, laments for the living. If you're not a, if you don't like poetry, then you probably don't know about Dorothy Parker. I probably don't care what I'm saying right now. None of these assholes are vegans either. James Corden, definitely not. One time I saw James Corden crying about saying about someone saying something about how um, being fat isn't good, and he was crying about it. And I'm like, it's hard for me to care if you're not vegan. Like if you're a fat guy who's vegan, I'm like, yeah, well. You know, you're just big boned, I guess, man. But like, I mean, all of us, like, I got a big belly because I got a big pot belly, man. I've been, you know, I've been drinking all my life. What are you going to do? I'm, a <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> but like, James Corden, he's always been, a, he's always been kind of a bummer, isn't he? He's no, he's no longer on the air, so you don't have to worry about him anymore. Dua Lipa, Dua Lipa is another one where people think that she's vegan, but because she was head to toe in vegan fur on uh, from from Stella McCartney, but she is not vegan. She's not vegan at all. She eats chicken and and cow flesh. Uh, she eats chicken flesh and cow flesh, but she doesn't like wearing fur. So she's another one of these anti-fur carnies. This is kind of the issue that if you if we always push these single issues, you get people like this that are like, oh yes, I would never wear fur. Of course not. That's that's un unheard of. How unseemly. But they still eat. They still kill cows. What's the difference between a cow and a mink? What's the difference between a fox and a chicken? You know what I'm saying? Like if you're still killing them and raising them in tiny cages and, and raping them and torturing them, you're still a horrible piece of shit, Dua Lipa. Dua Lipa, happy birthday, but go vegan, would you? What is wrong with you? You're against fur? Dua Lipa's against fur, but she's not against killing cows and chickens. You see the issue here? Dua Lipa's a piece of garbage. She's a walking garbage disposal who just doesn't wear fur. That's Dua Lipa for you. So, great. Thanks, Dua Lipa. Happy birthday. You're 28 years old. You, you should know better by now. You should know better by now. Every She's seen the factory farm footage. She knows. But she's friends with Stella McCartney. So, I guess I guess we should all, you know, be, be, cheering, be cheering for Dua Lipa. She doesn't wear fur. Oh, yeah. Congratulations, you don't wear fur. I heard Ryan Gosling also doesn't wear fur. How great, how great, of, how gracious of you. Please stop killing animals. Please stop paying for rape, rape and torture. Thank you, bye. <sighs>
use cannabis instead of alcohol. No, I'm just joking. I don't. I don't really drink that much. I, I used to. I used to. I hardly ever drink these days. I'm too. I'm, I, I work too much. I can't. I can't drink anymore. I don't like to. I don't like to drink anymore. Only sometimes. My parents told me when I was a kid that Schwarzenegger was a bad uh, term. She's no. No, it's not true. Karma is a B, Cloud Debussy. <laughs> karma colon. He had a karma. He got that old karma colon, didn't he? <laughs> I don't really have a pot belly. Like if I if I stand like this, I kind of have a pot belly. But when I stand up straight, I'm still holding it together for a middle aged man. I'm still looking pretty good. God damn, you giving me a give me a comp a complex, Baza. Give me a complex. Take it easy. You're giving me you're giving me body issues like James Corden. I'm gonna start crying over here. All right. Um, all these badasses died. I looked at this and I'm like, all these people are badasses. Okay, Robert Gascon Sissel. He was a uh, he was the British Prime Minister. But look, we got Stilicho. He was just a general, uh, and he rose to like to be the one of the most powerful people of Rome. Uh, if you don't know who he is, Stilicho. He was, a, he was a big deal in Rome. We're not going to talk about him too much, though. And then you have Michael Collins, who was, like, I would say kind of the head strategist of the IRA. He was, they made a movie about him with Liam Neeson. I think it's Liam Neeson's best movie, to be honest with you. Way better than Star Wars, uh, Phantom Menace. Uh, he played Michael Collins, and he it was, it was badass. Uh, he, they murdered him. They killed him. Um, they, they stopped his car, and they, they killed him. That's what they do to badasses. But he was—he didn't like the British. He was like, "Get out of here, Britain. We don't want you here. Get out of Ireland. Ireland for the Irish." And the—and they killed him. They, yeah, they killed him pretty good. Uh, but look, look what a badass he is. Like he's so, look how, look how he's just like Ireland's bad boy. He looks like he posed for that picture. Like, don't fuck with me, England. Don't fuck with me. Uh, we also have Jomo Kenyatta. Uh, you can probably guess by his last name. He was like one of the founders of uh, Kenya. A badass. You know what he, he hated? He hated the English. He hated them. He wanted to say, get out of here, Britain. We don't want to be a colony of yours anymore. Get out. Kenya for the Kenyans. We want the Ken we want Kenya to Kenyans to own Kenya. British, get out. He was a freedom fighter. He he wanted to fight. He fought for the independence of Kenya and he won and he became the first president of Kenya. Pretty bad yet badass, right? Mr. Kenyatta. It's really easy to remember because his last name is Kenyatta. Then we also have Huey P. Newton. And you know who he hated? Oh, he just hated white people mostly. Um, he was the founder of of the Black Panther Party. He founded the Black Panther, Huey P. Newton. You probably know him from the Tupac song, Changes, where he says, uh, two shots in the dark, now Huey's dead. You know that song? He, it's, uh, he was talking about Huey P. Newton. Of course, he, Huey P. Newton was shot more than two times. Uh, they killed him. Uh, he went to jail for a little while for having an altercation with some police officers, and the policeman got shot. Uh, but he ended up getting off for that. He got off in a, a couple of years. He got out of jail. He was kind of in and out for a while. Died at not, uh, at 47 years old by the uh, by a member of the Black Guerrilla Party, who was a prison um, a prison gang a prison gang member. Uh, killed him uh, coming out of a restaurant or something. And so they uh, yeah he died that way. 
his his murderer got 35 years, I think, in prison. But uh, yeah, Huey P. Newton, he was a revolutionary. He founded the newspaper most, like the biggest newspaper for black people ever. Uh, he's just he also wrote the ten the ten um, the ten points of Black Panther Party. The, on the man he wrote the manifesto. Yeah, I mean, I had to study a lot about P. Newton. I went to Berkeley, and I lived on the border of Berkeley and Oakland, and there's actually a bust of where he was killed, like a, a and he's buried in Oakland. Poor P, poor Huey P. Newton. If you don't know who he is, I'm sorry for you, but he's pretty awesome. Oh, my God, Ben Greenberg. You, thank you. Thank you so much. Never heard of any of these guys. I'm going to have a better day than them. You are having a better day than they are. You never heard of these guys? Huey P. Newton? Ben Greenberg. I love you. Huey P. Newton, founder of the Black Panther Party. Uh, pretty awesome. But the last guy I think that we already talked about, he died today. His name is Richard III. Richard III. Look at that picture of him. Does he look like a hunchback? He's like, uh, no, he doesn't look like a hunchback. Shakespeare wrote him as a hunchback because he was the last of the Plantagenets. He was the last one, the last son of York. And so he didn't want to be, he, he was, he, he became, he came into power and all of the other people, the Tudors, all those other assholes start freaking out. The Lancasters, I think the Lancasters were all dead by then. So they all get up. And they get they get all excited, man. They don't like Richard the Third. So by the time Shakespeare rolls around and writes a story about Richard the Third, he makes him look like a hunchback um, monster. There are all these stories about him being born with teeth and a full head of hair, and like he was born like an animal and all this stuff. I mean, he like the opening the opening lines of uh, Shakespeare's play. Um, now is the winter of our discontent, made glorious summer by this sun of York, and all the clouds that lowered upon our house are deep within the bosom of the ocean buried. Now are our brows bound with victorious wreaths, our bruised arms hung up for monuments, our delightful measure changed to, our dreadful marches to delightful measures, our, uh, <laughs> I can't remember, our merry meetings. Uh, Grimvisor's war had smoothed his wrinkled front, and now instead of mounting barbed steeds to fright the souls of fearful adversaries, he capers nimbly in a lady's chamber to the lascivious pleasings of a lute. But I, that am not shaped for sportive tricks, nor made to court an amorous looking-glass, I that have been rudely stamped and want love's majesty to strut before a wanton ambling nymph, I that am curtailed in this fair proportion, cheated of feature by dissembling nature, deformed, unfinished, sent before my time into this breathing world scarce half made up, and that so lamely and unfashionable that dogs bark at me as I halt by them. Why, I have... <laughs> anyway, so that is that is Shakespeare. <laughs> that is the opening speech of Shakespeare from Richard III, where he talks about how deformed he is and how ugly he is and how he's determined to be... a. Since I cannot pass away the time, this piping time of peace, I'm determined to prove a villain and to hate the idle pleasures of these days. So like he's always talking about how he's going to be a villain, how he's so evil and, and deformed on the inside as well as the out. But actually, he wasn't such a bad guy. He wasn't a, He wasn't so evil and, and deformed. But um, Shakespeare, he's a popular writer. And so everyone thinks that Richard III was this like disgusting evil, deformed, born with a full set of sharp teeth, evil dude, but not true. Anyway, vegans, I hope that you have a better day than Richard III. <laughs>
because he died today. He got ripped into pieces. And they found his body in like 2012 or some shit. They found his body like recently. And they're like, holy shit, this is Richard III's head. And they found it and they buried him where the other kings go. Like in Cambridge or some shit. That's Richard III. Thanks. Oh, Richard, no, Richard I is Richard Lionheart. That's Richard I. The Corps de Leon. Um, I can't see how many subs Sky has. Hopefully it's close to 2,000. <laughs> I have 1,577. Why don't you share one of the affirmations on your on your Facebook or in your vegan-ish? Why can't you share it in your uh, community tab and get to 2,000? I'll shave this mustache off. I mean... It'd be cool. It'd be cool to not have the mustache when I go to. Um, oh, because on SoCal Veg Fest, I'm gonna be on the animal rights panel. I can shave my mustache before then if I get to two thousand. Wouldn't that be great? Supergrass has a song called Richard the Third. Yeah, ruining Shakespeare for me now. Always spoiling stuff. <laughs> I spoiled Richard the Third for you. Oh no. Oh no, my kingdom for a horse. You know what's funny? Like um, Jeff Buckley sang this song like my kingdom for a kiss upon the shoulder. And I'm like, oh, that's a Shakespeare reference. And people are like, huh? I always feel like I, I get shit a bit more than other people because of all the Shakespeare that I studied. I really think because if you study Shakespeare and the Bible, you just get more out of life. More out of so many things. <laughs> like if you study those two things, like read the Bible cover to cover, read all of Shakespeare and I think, like, if you go through those two things, you've got so much more enjoyment out of all the other shit in the world. I really do. Laura Griffiths back on now, Sky. Is she coming back? I'd love her to come back. Yeah, there was there was a Lionheart. OMG, please shave before VegFest. You can't represent vegans looking like that. <laughs> Jackie Boyle likes the mustache. Karina likes the mustache too. Every thousand subscribers, I shave it off online. I shave it off live on live on live on the show. I'll shave it off. Actually, it's probably going to be the evening show. But yeah, did he slap the host across the face for their royal award show? <laughs> yeah, veganish. I'm working. I'm at work right now. She's not. She can't come on right now. See, well, guys, thank you so much. Uh, we make woe wanton with these fond delays. So once again, adieu. The rest let sorrow say. That's from the that's from the play Richard II. Have you ever seen the play Richard II? It's fantastic. That's a good play. Yeah, Richard II. That was a good. He ne you know what Shakespeare didn't do a Richard the first play. He did Richard II, Richard the Third. Because everyone was crazy about the War of the Roses. Everyone wanted to know about the War of the Roses. They don't care about the rest of English history. All I know is to be or not to be. Ah, Gibson from Gibson's family. <laughs> no one calls it the Gibson Hamlet. They call it Zeffirelli's Hamlet, right? Because uh, Zeffirelli was the director of that one. To be or not to be, that is the question. Whether it is nobler in the mind to suffer the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune to take arms against the sea of troubles and by opposing end them to die, to sleep, no more. And by a sleep to say we end the heartache and the thousand natural shocks that flesh is heir to is a consummation devoutly to be wished to die, to sleep. To sleep perchance to dream, ah, there's the rub, for in that sleep of death what dreams may come when we have shuffled off this mortal coil must give us pause. For who would bear the whips and scorns of time, the proud man's contumely, the pangs of despised love, the law's delay, the insolence of office, the pangs of 
patient merit of the unworthy takes, when he himself might his quietest make with bare bodkin, who would fardels bear to grunt and sweat under a weary life, when he himself might his quietest make, I don't know, <laughs> there you go, there's a uh, to be or not to be speech, yeah, I know them all, I know all the, I know all the Shakespeare, the big Shakespeare speeches uh, by heart, because I studied Shakespeare, and that's what you do when you're a Shakespeare nerd. Guys, thank you so much for hanging out with me and allowing me to re- will to play Shakespeare shit for you. And thank you, all you guys, to Ben Greenberg, who gave us five euros, and Wolf, who gave us 20 Norwegian crowns. I really appreciate that. You know, I don't know how I'm going to keep doing this, because I, I all I want to do is make stuff for vegans. And, you know, sometimes it gets hard, because... There are other vegans that aren't even really vegans. They're not even actually vegans, and they got like hundreds of thousands of subscribers, and they're making all this money. Unnatural vegan. Like, what the hell? How is she making all this money? She sucks. She's not even a real vegan. So it kind of sucks. You guys should see when Sky is drunk. It's all just all Shakespeare. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true, I guess. That's why I don't get drunk, because then I, I have to do all the Shakespeare. Um. Anyway, so thank you. I appreciate you. It makes me happy that you're all here. It makes me happy. Um, I want to tell you a secret, though, because we have a couple minutes left. Um, I'm thinking, let me pour some carny tears. I was thinking, I want to hear what you guys think about this, okay? I have a meeting with a very big, a very big animal rights organization. I'm not going to tell you which one, but it's a big one. So you're going to kind of guess which one it is, I'm guessing. Do you think I should go on tour? Do you think I should go on tour with a major animal rights organization and do outreach with them? What do you think of that? What do you think? There's 15 of you still here. How many of you think that I should go on a major tour with an animal rights organization. And it's a, it's, a, it's a big animal rights organization. So a lot of you are going to be like, oh, I don't like them because of this one thing they did this one time. Because big organizations, they don't have perfect records. You know what I'm saying? And so, but I like them. I know people, you know, organizations aren't perfect. Shit. I used to work for the American Shakespeare Center out in Virginia. And let me tell you, they weren't perfect. They weren't perfect. They did a, they did a production of Tamburlaine that was horrible. Mm. How long is the tour? I'm not exactly sure how long the tour is, but what I'm thinking is I'll continue to do the pre-shift because I'll just have to wake up early and do the pre-shift and I can do the tour from anywhere. I just bring the laptop and I'll, I have a web, I'll bring like, I can do it. I think I can do it in like on the road. I'll just take this show on the road and I'll try to make stuff. I think it'd be cool. Yeah. Laura Griffith says, do it. All right, all right, all right. Jackie Boyle says, yes. If it gets you out working for what you love and helping animals, do it. Vegan Nave, that's exactly what I'm thinking. I'm finding it so hard to, like, find anything that isn't filled with carnies. And I feel like at least with this, I'll be working with other vegans or people who at least don't eat animals. I'll be working with plant-based people. And that's good. That's got to count for something, right? Right? You're not them, Vegan Nave. Thank you, Vegan Nave. Thank you so much for saying that. I really appreciate that, man. You're touching my heart right now, Vegan Nave. You're touching my heart. You got my heart. 
Sounds good. All right, Brendan Greenberg. It's a good chance, so yes. All right, all right, all right. I have a meeting with them today, and we're going to talk about the details. And I'm really, I don't know, I've been torn about some of these ideas about leaving and and how, and you know, it's been tough. Whatever, whatever you do, do for the animals, content would be lit. Thanks, Hannah Moon Vegan. Thanks for the support, guys. Especially if you're still on it. Oh, I'm still going to be on Vegan D. Yeah, I'm not... I'm not giving this up. I'm not giving up vegan, of course, but I, I would have to do as long as long as you still do your pre-shift, says Celtic Tomato. Thank you, baby. I love you. Yeah, I'll still do this. I'm thinking like I'll just, I, I might have to do it earlier or something, but like I, I, I'm still going to do the pre-shift. Uh, that's the thing that I always wanted to do was like a vegan morning show. The night show, who knows what I'll be, I'll have to do. But uh, I could do like one interview a week still, which was the original plan was to do one interview a week and do the daily morning show. So I don't know. I, I'm still going to go live every day. I made a commitment and I want to keep going. So yeah, thank you, Vegan D. Always here. I may not be consistent, but I'm always about. Laura Griffiths, you're a gem. Friendly Vegan, everybody. Laura Griffiths, go follow Friendly Vegan over on uh, TikTok. She's amazing. She's the best. She does it for the animals. The first time I saw Laura Griffiths, she started on TikTok. She had like three subscribers, three followers. And she's like, I, I just want to get to a thousand so I could go live and be there for the animals. And ever since, I've always loved Laura Griffiths. She's a really great activist um, on TikTok. So you should check her out. Everyone, thank you so much for everything. Thank you. You 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 really make my day. I hope you know that, because I love vegans. It's so hard to not abuse animals. Carnies can fuck themselves. Go fuck themselves. This is a shot of all vegans. For anyone who is going to stay up late, I am um, going to be here at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time doing a show. Uh, I don't have a guest tonight, so I'm not sure what we're going to do yet. But we'll do a, a hangout sesh um, at 5 p.m. today. Also, if any of you guys know any vegan activists in the London area, i really like to get in touch with them. So if you wouldn't mind giving them some info, that'd be great. Also, also, if you guys do any activism at all please send me videos of it. I'd like to put a compilation of activists out there. So even if you're just putting a sticker on and you take a video of putting a sticker on, send it to me. I'd love to get that. My email is at the bottom of the screen right now. It's veganocca at gmail.com. Vegan, of course, California at gmail.com. Veganocca at gmail.com. Please uh, come on send me some stuff of your of your activism i'd love to i want to put a compilation of all of vegan activist stuff so if you got a video send it over to me and if you know anyone in london please let me know i'd really like to talk with them i appreciate you illegitimate non-carborundum don't let the bastards grind you down vegans we need you in the fight the animals need you 
I need you. We need each other. Thank you.